Wow, you guys. Wow, we've made it to the last ever episode of Gambling for Shoes. That's not totally true, but it definitely feels that way because after the Super Bowl, I don't know what I'm going to bet on. I'm only good, and I put good in quotations, at gambling on NFL goddamn football. After this, I don't know. Literally, I've been, I have been watching the Olympics, and I saw Nathan Chin do some figure skating. I was like, he looks, he's handsome and explosive on the ice. I'm probably going to bet on him once the NFL's gone. So, the future uh, is so bleak. Well, a- after this week. This week, the future is uh, bright, bright, bright. Uh, what's up, guys? My name's Jack Snodgrass. Uh, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, a.k.a. Center of the Universe right now. Uh, former professional baseball player. Now I do stand-up comedy and this podcast. Uh, I used to have foot fungus. I had to get rid of all my shoes. And in order to get new shoes, I figured I would just start gambling for them. So, zippity-doo-dah, here we are. I got four four pairs of shoes so far. The The podcast is like, I don't know, eight or nine weeks old, ten weeks old. And we 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 did not bet last week. There was no game. So, you know, if that... If that violates some type of code you have for podcasts, I'm sorry. But we are betting this week on the Bengals, more than likely. I'll get to more on that in a second. But uh, yeah, here we are, Cincinnati, Ohio. I mean, the guys, I feel like I have to explain what it's like here. And it seems pretty cool. We had a, There was a pep rally we had. I mean, I didn't go, but the fans... It happened at the stadium. You know, everyone, everyone's you know saying who day or whatever, and they're wearing their jerseys. Yada yada yada. I will say though, uh, earlier this week uh, on Monday, so I'm recording this on Wednesday. I picked a fight with three Bengals fans. Uh, they were three middle-aged women. I am brave. I'm a hero. I am a knight. No, <laughs> no I was at. Uh, I was doing an open mic downtown, and I think the. Uh, the Bengals pep rally had had recently ended, so you know there's a lot of very enthused and probably drunk Bengals fans just kind of you know wandering about downtown Cincinnati, and three women who have never seen stand-up comedy before decided to walk into uh, where we were doing the open mic. Now is not this was not my open mic. I didn't, I didn't run it. I had no relationship to the bar. It's basically. You know, there's establishments throughout the city that allow us to come in and do batting practice, more or less. And sometimes these mics, they do, they can feel like a show. But for the most part, man, it's really tough. You know, it's it's really tough because no one's trying to hear open mic comedy for the most part. Some people are, but like in a bar, dude, it's just not. It's just not a great environment. But anyway, these three ladies, <laughs> they come in, and uh, they're really, really bad. Like, they were kind of ruining the open mic for, like, 20 straight minutes to where they're just kind of, like, they're yelling, they're screaming about the bingles, they're interrupting people's sets just over and over and over again. Like, I was, I watched seven comics in a row go up and just be like, man, this sucks. And I know what that feels like, dude. Comedy can really, really hurt. Especially because, like, you know, there's nothing glamorous about what we're doing right now. Doing open mics while... COVID is still like a relevant thing. It's just a weird time to be doing this shit. And it, as a comic, it's just been tough. It's tough anyway, trying to figure out how to make people laugh and all that stuff. You know, it's it's grindy anyway. But so sometimes when you have people come in and basically sabotaging the show and you're watching your comrades go down in flames because these ladies are basically tyrants, it just kind of sucks. So 
uh, I get called up, say, hey, everybody, here comes Jack Snodgrass coming to the stage. And I did not plan to do this, but I picked a fight with them. Immediately was antagonistic uh, and confrontational. And what I ended up doing was walking them out of the bar, which means you're, you say so many things to them that they decide to leave. And uh, like I said, it wasn't premeditated. But once I started, I was like, well, I guess we might as well, might as well get rid of them. <laughs> and I felt, dude, I felt bad. I felt bad afterwards because, it, like I said, it was not my mic. You know, I'm still new to comedy. I'm still new to the scene here in Cincinnati. So I kind of felt like I overstepped a boundary a little bit. Like it wasn't my place to do that. Because usually, like, whoever's hosting the mic, uh, who, is a, who is a very good comic, who is a vet in the scene, like he could have done it if he wanted to. But, you know, I should have left it at his discretion, probably. But... We talked after the show and he was cool with it and had a couple other comments say, hey, you know, thanks for doing that. Because you know, I basically had to take their grenade because, you know, I hate, I wasn't going to have a good set with those ladies there. So you might as well just go ahead and get them out. And like, it's almost like uh, if you had an infected leg, if you had gangrene or something, it's like, hey, man, we got to cut your foot off. Like, it's going to suck, but it'll be for the best. Otherwise, your whole body's going to get gangrene. You can make the you can make you can make the case that an open mic is, in general is just gangrene. That's what it is. <laughs> there's no there's no curing it. But I don't know if it made the show better. But it did feel I felt better with comics telling me, "Hey, you, you did the right thing by going out there and doing that." But I felt bad while it was happening. After it happened, I still kind of feel bad today. To be totally honest, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not not the best look. I didn't feel. I don't feel bad for the ladies. Like fuck the ladies, you know. Fuck them. I felt bad for the bar and the host of the show because, you know, I run a show. I know what it's like. I don't know if I'd want some asshole who is burnt out at the moment and done too many open mics and just kind of not feeling it. <laughs> Go up there and burn down my mic. So, but it, honestly, it really, it, it made, this makes it sound like I went up there and I used a bunch of slurs or something. It really wasn't that bad. I was just like, I went at them from the jump. I was, I was basically said, you know, I took the microphone. I was like, hey, everybody, how's everybody doing this evening? Hey, Bengals ladies, how about you shut the fuck up? <laughs> and sometimes if you're that confrontational, people will laugh. And the, the tension's already broken and you can, you can work with that. But they were immediately giving me the middle finger and, you know, heckling, which, you know, I obviously, I obviously induced all of that. And I don't know what else I said, but it wasn't anything too crazy. You know, the only thing I, I remember saying is that, like, you know, this whole city is so thrilled for the Bengals. And we can't wait for Sunday. But the way you guys are acting, we are now all rooting for the Rams. So, good job. And th that was pretty much it. They were gone in, like, 90 seconds. So, it wasn't, like... It wasn't a Sam Sam Kinison kind of meltdown or anything like that. It was, but in terms of like walking people, it was definitely the pussiest walking of someone in comedy this week. You know, if there, there was like a list, a top ten list of weakest walks, that would be. <laughs> if mine would be like number seven, maybe number three. I don't know, but it's definitely not out. Definitely not something you want to be doing on a regular basis because that's not that's not what comedy is per se, but. I will admit, every now and then, I'll do it. You know, to me, it's kind of, it's kind of like when, 
when a baseball coach gets fired or gets uh, tossed from a baseball game, it's like, you know, he he's not getting fired over that moment. He's got a lot of pent-up frustration that he's just expressing in that moment. He's decided, you know what? I need to have a public meltdown, and I'll, I'll cool off, you know, in the meantime. And they go out there and lose their shit over, over you know, one pitch or something like that. But it's really just a bunch of pent-up stuff. <laughs> Because comedy, you can harbor some nasty shit. I mean, it's just it's just hard out there, you know. And it, it can be, it can be, it is kind of naturally confrontational because you're going up there saying I'm funny, and for the most part, the crowd is like, well, we'll see, you know. And sometimes those things don't mesh. But I have walked people before. It's not something I want to have a reputation for doing. I sometimes I think I do it just. I don't know why I do it. Sometimes it needs to be done, like I said, but I'm not I don't not comfortable enough as a newer comic. But I've done it probably I've been doing comedy three and a half years. I've probably done it max four times. So one one a year. You know. And even though I I'm sitting up here acting like it's a regrettable thing, I will admit to you guys when it's happening, you kind of fucking love it. <laughs> I, I I mean, it kind of feels like whenever a, a human just gets turned into a vampire, because that's a real thing, but in the movies. And they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could be a vampire. I don't know if I could draw blood and actually like it. And then you get a drop of blood on your new little vampire fangs, and you're like, oh, wow. Whoa, baby, I being evil is fun. <laughs> So anyway, it's 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 complicated, but uh, the first time I, I I walked somebody, I was uh, at the Comedy Zone in Greenville, South Carolina, and there was this kid who kept interrupting everyone's jokes because some people some people are so fucking stupid they think that them screaming shit out while you're doing your stuff they think they're helping the show they're thinking that they're your like tag team partner I don't know. I don't know the psychology of a person, why they would ever think such a thing that they're going to pay money to sit down and then they're, they're, then they're going to just help for free and it's going to be good. Like, it's insane. Anyway, this guy was like ruining people's sets just like for like an hour straight. And I remember I was going up, I was like doing some newer stuff and I was like, I need to find out if this is good. I don't need this fat ass kid because he was like 18. I don't know. I don't need him interrupting me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to have a good set. And I remember he, like, came up. He, like, walked by with him and his dad. Like, so as I was waiting to go on stage and the club people were talking to them, like, hey, you need to chill out. Could you please chill? And then they were getting they were getting kind of wild, starting to, like, kind of, you'd be like, oh, what do you mean you need to chill? I'll pay to come customer. And I remember I, he, he was with his dad. And I leaned down to his dad's in his dad's face and I said hey man you need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> and he immediately tried to fight me bro fucking immediately <laughs> immediately it was insane I mean he didn't like he just started like bouncing around like he was gonna do some shit but he's like 50 years old like he's probably dead if he didn't die of a heart attack then he probably died of COVID like I don't know. I'm not saying I'm the ultimate warrior. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Muhammad Ali or anything. But I could have kicked that dude's ass for sure. So I don't know what he was doing. I'm six foot five. For people who don't know me, 
played professional baseball. I'm, I am not a specimen, okay? But way more than whoever that guy was. You know, I'm confident. Unless he had some, like, secret martial arts shit. I was going to mop the floor with him. I don't even know if that's true. He could have hit me in my nose. I started crying and be like, you know what? You can stay. You can stay at, the, at, at this show. I'm sorry. But, yeah, it's a comedy man. It's That's why I love it, dude. It's so wild. It's so wild. And ultimately, ultimately, you know, people act like comedy is threatening. And, like, it's something that people need to monitor and keep an eye on. But I'm like, no, man. It's just It's all just words. You know, I guess words can cross a line, but everyone has different lines. You know what I'm saying? So, like, trying to establish what the line is, I feel like that is what a lot of comedy is. People are just trying to check society's boundaries. Now, some people think, like Jerry Seinfeld thinks, you should only just be funny. Like, you don't need to go out there and be controversial or anything like that. But, a lot of my favorite comics, uh, they go out there and they want to, they're exploring they are exploring the boundaries of our accepted society, and but and it's it's harmless because it's just words, dude. It's not it's not a call to action. Like people people act like comics are dangerous or something, but we're not trying to start a movement. We're just trying to like sell tickets and shit, you know. <laughs> so I, I I I don't know. I, comedy is beautiful because it's like slap boxing. You know, no one's really getting hurt. And if you get your feelings hurt out of a at a comedy show, you're made of glass. You know, it's it's not it, you know, it's comedy's not the problem. You're the problem. Because for some reason, your mindset is so fragile around this subject that you can't help but get offended. You know, like you got to as an adult, you got to have better control over your emotions and shit. So Comedy is great, but it's not that, it's not like powerful, you know, we're not Malcolm X up, up there or anything like that, you know, just, so I don't know, this kind of ties back to the Joe Rogan stuff, I don't, I don't want to get into it really, because how could you unpack, I, I want this episode to be done in 10 minutes, I'm, I'm not trying to unpack the Joe Rogan shit, but you know, I, for some reason they're trying to hold him to the same standard as if he was like a fucking politician, he's just a comic who, who likes to talk about drugs and fucking MMA and stuff like that. And he's just curious, you know, and people are acting like he's, he's, he's the governor of Texas or something. And he needs, he needs to be stopped. He's like, he just, all he has is a successful podcast. That's it. He comes on and I think what he's, he's not trying to be an authority on anything. I think he's very transparent on like, Hey, you know, I, I can be an idiot at times. And I don't know. It's just so weird. How serious people are taking Joe Rogan. I, I like the show. I support Joe Rogan. I've, I've been listening to the shit forever. And I don't want to listen to him as much anymore because I it's too long and I have life to, to go about. But like I support everything he's doing. And I, I think that this the, the them putting the crosshairs on the, on him is sh- nothing but fucking politics. And uh, I don't know. It's insane that people want to take a comic this seriously. But then again, he's not just a comic. I will. You know, he's, a, he's a podcaster. He does influence culture. But it's just like... Hey, just because you disagree with some of the shit he's doing or saying, that doesn't mean you have to ruin him. You know, you can just not listen. That's what the First Amendment is all about. Like, you can... I, I went to community college, okay? Uh, but I did study I did study political science in college. And the only class I only fucking remember in college was uh, constitutional law. And in the First Amendment, they're basically saying like, Hey, people are going to be able to say whatever the fuck they want, okay? And you're just going to have to be mature enough to not let it 
excite you so much to where you need to physically intervene. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, you, you, you have to turn the other cheek. It's literally, it's almost like reading the Bible, the Constitution. Sometimes it's, it's crazy. But that's what they say. The, the only time when I like hate speech or whatever, you know, that's going to be everyone's going to have a different definition of that for sure. But I know the First Amendment doesn't protect about like going into a building and yelling fire. You know, that can get you in trouble. And I, I don't think that's what Joe Rogan did. So, anyway. I just kind of wish everyone... I wish we could have a couple mute days. Like, if we could all take turns, like, we, we're we all assigned a day. Like, today, you can't talk. At all. <laughs> I think that would be good for society. Just everyone sit in silence and think about uh, their thoughts. <laughs> Instead of just screaming all the time. Uh, you're all fucking children. <laughs> Anything else? What else do we need to cover? Let's, you know, let's let's talk about what we're here uh, to talk about, and that is the football game, the big game. I love it when commercials are like, "Are you ready for the big game?" Because they they don't have the attorneys to say Super Bowl or whatever. Like, hey, hey guys, are you ready for the big game? Uh, guys, the big game this year. Holy, the fucking Bengals! Are you kidding? I want to scream. The Bengals. I'm. I, I look. As a gambler, you have to be objective, okay? But that's long gone, all right? I, I've been objective about the Bengals all year long, and I feel like I've denied myself some happiness because I just had my guard up the entire season. Like, hey, man, they're good, but I don't know. Like, this is a great turnaround in the season, but I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, they keep, they're overachieving. I'm kind of waiting for them to fall on their face, and now I'm just like, you know what? I don't think that's happening, you know? I think they're, they're due a regression, but I don't, I think that may not happen until next year. I don't know. I don't know. I think that, you know, Joe Burrow's going to have to make some adjustments and the league will adjust to him. But right now, it seems like the Bengals are just kind of ahead of everyone uh, for a couple of reasons. So I want to talk about the matchup a little bit. I mean, it's it's just so cool. I I think even even if I wasn't a Bengals fan, this is a cool-ass Super Bowl. You know, uh, the Bengals out of nowhere, they won... one game last year, and now they're in the Super Bowl with this this cool new quarterback that everyone loves so much. Uh, they're, they're they're young, they're exciting. Uh, their games are uh, every game they have is different. You know, they don't have a, a one style. You know, it's a different team every game. Um, and then the Rams, you know, they they're this they're the this trillion dollar organization. They got the new stadium. Uh, you know they've got some older players that they've brought in. They've got some like old faces and and new places that uh, that are exciting, like uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and you know uh, Von Miller, all that stuff. And then they, have, they just have like you know guys that are within the you know pop culture realm of football. And then to top it off, they got Matt Stafford, who's also an awesome story. Like I I hope he plays like shit on Sunday and and it's the worst day of his life. But it's an awesome it's an awesome story. You know, he's with the Lions, and now he's here in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's great. Because for the Rams, dude, they, they've they mortgaged their entire organization pretty much on this year. You know, they've traded a lot of draft picks. They got in a new quarterback. They're bringing in old dudes because they're trying to win this year. And, you know, the stakes uh, the stakes be high. And I, I don't know. I, I think it's a fascinating matchup. Uh, I'm hoping for a close game. I, I'd say there is a... I don't see the Bengals blowing out the Rams. I don't see that happening. There is a chance the Rams blow out the Bengals. Uh, you know, the Rams jump out to an early lead, and then they dominate with their defense. You know, while they're up seventeen to three or something like that. I don't know if the Bengals are going to be able to make a comeback, but I, you know, 
I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is going to be a very tight game. Airtight. Uh, and in the airtight game, I like the Bengals, Joey Burrow, uh, Evan McPherson. I, you know, I just think that in a tight game, the Bengals have been playing in nothing but tight games here recently. You know, obviously the Rams have too as the playoffs, but the Bengals have been playing kind of like mistake-free football for quite some time. Uh, they're one of the least penalized teams in the league. And when it comes to, listen to this, Jim, when it comes to defensive penalties that lead to first downs, the Bengals have given up the absolute fewest of those, okay? You throw that on top of Burrow not throwing any interceptions since, like, fucking October. He threw one against Tennessee, but that hit the ground. It's totally contested. Uh, and he threw one against against KC, a bad one. Uh, but for the most part... You know they're really taking care of the football, and they're 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 winning the turnover battle every single game. They're getting like two and a half a game in the playoffs, and, and while not turning the ball over. And I, the Rams, all year long have been prone to turnovers, at least more so than the Bengals. And this is that to be said, the Bengals turnover ratio is better than the Rams. With the first half of the season, Joe Burrow leading the NFL in picks. Okay, and but he's turned that off. I don't know what happened. But he just said, yeah, I'm just going to stop throwing picks. And that's basically what happened. So now the Bengals turnover ratio is even better. And the Rams is just kind of like at neutral. And so turnovers make a huge difference. I think that, that that's going to factor in. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Rams are going to come out and they're going to play tight. Because they have uh, everything to lose in their mind. I, because you know their players are getting older. Stafford. Uh, uh, Ramsey, it's weird to say because he's only been in the league six or seven years. Um, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, uh, Andrew Whitworth. They got that guy off the their safety, that white dude. He's he wasn't he hasn't been playing football for two years and now he's starting. Eric Weddle? That's weird. So I just think that like and, and their head coach, as I covered last time, has last week has Tourette's. Shout out to last week's episode. <laughs> uh, and I just think that they're going to be wound a little too tight. You know, and Matt Stafford, you know, he's in this, never been in a game like this ever. I mean, I guess you could say last week is a game like this. But I just think that, you know, he's going to make a mistake. The Rams are going to make a couple mistakes because, you know, they're at home. They're supposed to win this game. They're playing a team that was a fucking wild card. They won th- four games last year. It's a coaching mismatch. They, the offensive line's terrible. They're supposed to dominate this game. And I think once the game starts and they're not dominating the way that they think that they were going to, that, that that's going to favor the Bengals. And the Bengals are just going in there. They're loose. They are. I'm not going to say they're they're like just happy to be there because I, I don't think that's happening at all. They... I follow them on Instagram, and surprise, surprise, I think they're going to win. <laughs> no, I just I think that uh, their mentality is just a little different than the Rams. And I know everyone wants to win the Super Bowl, and but it kind of seems like the Rams, the Rams want to win the Super Bowl, but the Bengals are planning to win the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense. But I just think there is a discrepancy in mentality here that really favors the Bengals. And what sucks is that I can't back that up at all. I have no number really to to point that towards. But I just think that the Bengals are good in this spot. You know, the Bengals are great against the spread. They're thirteen and seven. 
the Rams, 10 and 10. So while the Bengals may not win the game, four and a half points here, you know, that's, I don't know. That's kind of a lot of points. I, I think people are afraid of, of, or they're not, they're not bought into Burrow or whatever, and they think that the Rams could run away with this, which is entirely possible, but I think it's more likely we get what we've been seeing, and that's a really tight game that's going to get decided by special teams. And, uh, you know, Matt Gay was a pro bowler, but he kinda, he's been a little yippy lately. So uh, I, I trust McPherson. It's in a dome, too. I, I don't know, guys. So... I will say my biggest concern as a Bengals fan is that this Rams defense is the best defense the Bengals will play all season long. So I don't think they're going to be tearing it up. I don't think they'll be scoring 30 points. You know, they may not even get uh, over 24, to be honest. But I don't know. I don't know. There's just something unspoken happening right now. And even if they lose, it's still the same. Like, even if the Bengals lose this game, they're still going to be a very impressive team. The fact, you know, even if they would lose this year. Next year, they'll open up as bigger favorites to win the Super Bowl than the Rams, I would imagine. Or, or the smarter bet, at least. God, I have no objectivity. The Bengals are going to win every Super Bowl for the next 10 years. That's the end of this podcast. <laughs> uh, another reason I like the Bengals, the Rams not so good in the Rams zone. In the Rams zone. <laughs> in the red zone, offensively. They were average. Okay, now listen, the Bengals are not good in the red zone. All right, everyone acts like this is a great offense. That's not true. But the Rams aren't so good either. And I just feel like if the game is tight and the Rams are losing those four point plays and they're settling for field goals or punting instead of scoring touchdowns, that's going to add to the anxiety within that entire stadium, within that sideline, within those press boxes. I just think that. The game is going to be tighter than what we all think. And uh, as I already said, I'm talking in circles. That favors uh, the pedigree of Joe Burrow, the right foot of Evan McPherson. And that's pretty much it. You know, those are the only advantages uh, Cincinnati really has, other than the turnover stuff. The red zone stuff is okay. Um, so, defensive, offensively, I, I, one more thing about the red zone. Because, like, this is, this to me, I, I don't. I don't really, I think I know what I'm doing sometimes with gambling, but the, a lot of stuff I go on is just gut, but there are a couple stats I look at that I that I think you can't ignore, and that is like third down stuff and red zone stuff, because those are high leverage plays, and you want to trust, you want to be betting on teams that are good in those pressure situations within the game. These, You know, this is the game within the game. So offensively, Tennessee and KC were both 8 and 11, respectively, and red zone offense. Okay, the Rams are 17th. Okay, and I, I, I don't know. I can see passes being forced, too, you know, too creative of a play being drawn up instead of just, I, I don't know. And the Rams can't really run the ball. They might be able to a little bit against the Bengals, but they might be one-dimensional in, in, these, uh, in these red zone attempts. So I think they might be easier to stop. They might be settling for field goals. Oh. I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, obviously, I've talked myself into the Bengals a thousand times over, but this is just what it looks like to me, man. So uh, I'm definitely taking the Bengals at four and a half. I might. I'm probably going to take them to win in some form or fashion. I'm looking at uh, Jamar Chase to score a touchdown. I may couple that with the Bengals winning. That pays out pretty good. That pays out about three to one. 
Uh, T. Higgins, the over on his yards, uh, 72. That's a little high, but I think that he's looking at maybe a 100-yard game here. Uh, let's see. Bengals to kick the longest field goal. I think that's that's just pretty smart. Only uh, only minus 120 on that, so it's not terrible. I think that you know McPherson is going to be he's going to kick a 50-something yarder. I don't, I, and I think Matt Gay he may attempt a 50-something yard, but I think it's more likely he shanks it. Uh, I may take T. Higgins exact receptions, go with maybe five or six. Those pay out five or six to one. That's probably it. I'm definitely going to make like 15 bets and just hit. Hope I hit you know nine or ten of them. That's something an insane person says. I just I plan on hitting about a dozen bets this weekend. Uh, well, I, you know, I think that's it. I, I, I don't even know what we talked about today. Uh, the shoes, they're the Kwee-Oi-Oi's or whatever. I don't know. They're lavender. They're suede. They're so sick. I'll put up a picture of them. They're the reason this podcast exists. Uh, the Bengals are going to win. That's my prediction. All right. Here's my, here it is. That's it. All right. The Bengals are going to win the game 23 to 20. It's going to be a sweaty anxiety-filled thing. It's going to be awful. It's going to be sheer torture to watch, but they're going to win, uh, and I'm going to win some money, and it's going to be sick. I'm going to get those shoes because that's why I saw them, and I was like, I must create a podcast that will justify me wearing purple suede. Anyway, but it's possible that I ruined all good juju by picking a fight with those Bengal skanks. I mean, my God. It's possible, but you know what? I liked it. It felt good. It felt good to tell those dirt asses to hit the road. Get out of here, you old nasty ladies.